get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This team crashed the postseason party, and they're one out away. And now two strikes away. And this weekend, the Cardinals will celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the 2011 World Championship team. John Mozeliak was the general manager of the squad then. Now he's the president of baseball operations, and he joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Mo. Thanks for taking some time with us. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good morning. Well, first of all, these 10 years have have zipped by, and that was, to this point, your World Championship team. I wanted to know, did you think... Or as you reflected on that season, was there a watershed moment for you where the, the Cardinals kind of came out of the, the dust after August and you thought, hey, this team has a chance to be a world champion? God, I think I'd be lying if I said yes. I mean, like, the, the, there were so many moments, like, when you when you think back to, to that year, like, like, you know, how, like, at any given thing that happens, your trajectory or, or the direction of where an organization may go could change or because it hinges on like sort of what happens. And, you know, I think back to that game where we had a day game against the Mets, ground ball to for call. Um, unfortunately, doesn't make the play. We end up losing it. And, and there was a lot of momentum going into that. And had we won that, it would have had a much different feel. Unfortunately, we lost. Um, you know, there were there were times when when like Tony and I met towards the end of the year where, where he had told me that he was stepping down. Obviously that off season, we were going to have the probably the most stressful free agent uh, negotiation we would ever have with someone by the name of Albert Pujols. And so there were always like things that you were thinking about in the future. And so when you reflect back on the season and it obviously was a storybook ending, um, but even that postseason run, there was there was times where you're like, oh my gosh, it's not going to work. It's going to end, and then you end up winning. And you know, you think about that game five against Philly. You think about uh, Milwaukee, and and they were a very good club, but we were just you know hitting on all cylinders at that point. And then of course, game six of the World Series. So there were so many like moments that. Had they not gone our way, who knows exactly how things end up. And here we are 10 years later. And, and obviously, from a baseball standpoint, we've had a lot of success in between. Mo, you mentioned Tony LaRussa telling you he was going to step down. You know that Albert Pujols and those free agent negotiations are looming. Could you even really savor that World Series? Because it feels like the confetti wasn't even really sweeped off the field at Bush Stadium before you had to turn around and get right back to work. Yeah, so I always reflect on that night. Um, obviously, when you do what I do to 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 reach that that pinnacle is is an amazing moment. But I remember I was having a, a, a glass of wine with uh, Mr. Dewitt, and you know my my thoughts were on you know a who who's going to replace Tony, how we're going to go through that process, and and in all candor, I mean I'd been working on that for for really weeks. Um, if not months, because I, I had the head start. But then, you know, wanting to get that done rather quickly, because obviously with the, the free agency of Pujols looming, 
I wanted to be able to like make sure we had all our energy and focus on that when the time came. And and so, yeah, I always say to people like, you know, success is fleeting, right? I mean, it's it's you have that moment, but when you do these types of jobs, it's it's really about what what's ahead and and what's tomorrow. And so, yeah, it was it was it was a special night, no doubt, but one that uh, the page was turned pretty quick. Mo, that was such a roller coaster year, and I had forgotten the precipitous drop off. So the Cardinals are, are up in the division by a half game on July 26th. And by August 24th, you're 10 out in the division and eight out in terms of the wild card. And you'd made a big trade in the interim there the day after you were up by a half a game. What do you think happened to the club to force it to have to be so good in September in August when you really struggled? I mean, I do think there's something to to when you do like these sort of wholesale trades when you're bringing in a lot of new faces. I, you know, you don't have the opportunity to to have the the six weeks or five weeks of spring training to get to know each other. And I and I do think, you know, when you look back, and obviously hindsight's a little easier to do, but when you look back post July 31st, and and you really look about about what transpired, I think it just this time, this team took a little time to really gel and, and find out who we were. But yeah, there's no doubt that when you look at the month of August, it, it didn't go as we had hoped. Well, Mo, the Cardinals don't win the World Series without the trade that you made, sending Colby Rasmus to the Blue Jays. You acquired Octavio Dotel, Mark Zepchinski, Corey Patterson was in the mix, and Edwin Jackson. And a lot of those guys were key contributors in the postseason run. So how long did you work on that trade? When did you start working on it, and how quickly did that come together? Well, it, it was sort of a unique trade, right? Because when you're trying to win, it's not necessarily the trade you'd normally do. Um, you know, Colby was somebody that we thought was going to have a really bright future with us, but for some reason it just wasn't clicking here, and it really seemed like the best thing for him might be a change of scenery. And, of course, we had certain needs at the time, and you know, trying to check every box in a trade is sometimes impossible. But, obviously, um, we thought we could kind of throw um, – kind of numbers at it, if you will, like, you know, bring in a lot of different players to hopefully uh, solidify the club that ultimately would win the World Series. But I don't think we went into that trade thinking like this is going to work in terms of getting us to the promised land. Tony had made some comments about Colby leading up to that date, uh, saying that he doesn't listen to Cardinal coaches much now, and that's why he gets in these funks. Did that force the trade to happen more quickly because of what Tony was saying about Colby? I mean, clearly it wasn't working here. Um, they're, they're, you know, Tony and the coaching staff, I mean, I think they tried tirelessly to, to make it work, but you know, again, I think it was just one of those deals that ideally was just a, a change of scenery and, and let uh, him go on to to try to find a fresh start, which which I think he did. You know, ultimately, but I do think um, for us it it was a little bit of a a fresh start as well because you you took someone that could arguably be been a been a small distraction and and you moved on. Mo, all day we've been asking people to share their memories of that 2011 run as we get to the reunion this weekend at Bush Stadium. So when we think of that, we always think about Game 6. So we want to know, where were you during Game 6? Who were you sitting with? You're such an even keel guy. Were you screaming? Did you throw popcorn up? Take us back to that night. What happened? Uh, very calm, to your point. Uh, I was sitting in the box, which I always do, um, even 
when I'm not in World Series games. But um, so my normal seat, and up there at the time, I think it, I think we had like, um, I think it was like Gersh, John Vooch, and there may have been like one other person. But um, so it was kind of quiet. Um, and then the, the one thing I do remember is I, I sort of silly or gross perhaps, but I, I remember going to the restroom and um, Commissioner Seelig was in there. And, you know, he's like, I'm really hoping you guys win this game because I'd love to see a game seven. And I'm like, well, me too, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, sort of just off the cuff. But, you know, he was like, uh, he was obviously, uh, after we won game six, I saw him later that evening and he was like really excited. And, um, as I was and, and our city was and our team was. So, yeah, it was, it was just, I mean, like, look, you think about like postseason runs and, and, and when you win and stuff like that, they're always magical, right? Because you survive the gauntlet. And, but this particular run was incredible because, right, you think about that Carpenter game in game five against Philly, you think about how great of a player David Freeze was for 30 days, I mean, and how impactful that was. And, and you know, there's just so many little like storylines or subplots that are so memorable. And, um, you know, even to this day, you still hear things like, you know, have a happy flight when you have a successful road trip. So um, some of those like little phrases and, and memories have, have really you know, last at the test of time so far. Hey, Mo, one more thing. And this team obviously had your fingerprints all over it. You were a big part of the Memphis Mafia, getting them into the organization, getting them developed. Your first trade was for David Freeze. You go out and get a necessary piece in for Kyle. You make the big trade that we've talked about. Uh, you were a big part of bringing Chris Carpenter into town. If you look at that group what are you most proud of the move and Lance Berkman too, by the way, what are you most proud of with that particular group that you were able to to accomplish and do your job? Well, most proud, um, you know, I don't think like, I guess I'm not looking at it in, in terms of like, Oh, what did I do or what, what did I impact? I mean, my job when I took over and in, in, in Oh seven or Oh eight for that year, I mean, it was you know a lot of things I needed to get done and 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 change from a cultural standpoint in the organization. But you know, the thing I I think I take most pride in is is the fact that it was it was a team that won and a team that you know found a way to get it done. And like I said, I mean, like every year there's a winner and every year there's a story. But you're not always the team winning. You're not always the team telling the story. And and so when I look back on it, obviously, you know, there's enormous pride and, and satisfaction of being a part of something that actually got to the finish line. And, you know, I think that's really cool. And um, it was a great group of guys. And, and I'm actually looking really forward to seeing everyone and, and just saying hello. Um, a lot of these guys I have kept up with, but some I haven't. And so it, it should be a really nice evening. But... To uh, Michelle's point, um, also worried about the day, right? Like, like what's happening in the game and, and where we are, because um, you know it's 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 not a time where you can actually just like let your hair down and, and relax, because um, you know we're we're fighting each day a lot like we did in 2011. So um, you know, baseball will be on the forefront of my mind. Well, it's on the forefront of ours too, and. Have a great weekend. We hope that the Cardinals, again, are telling the story after 2021. We're rooting for you. Yeah, well, that would be special, but thank you. Thanks, Mo. Take care. That is the Cardinals' president of baseball operations, John Moselock on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. 
The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in. Over here. With a friend. And found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. 